Final show, Victoria produces as always. Final show, 2023, I Victoria. Oh, and it's a Friday. What? Look, look That's for you, your, Adam. And, <laughs> is it for him or is it for you? Uh, for both of us. The it is. Yes. Yes. The answer's yes. <laughs> yes, the answer's all around. Yes. <laughs> Friday. Gosh. <laughs> that, yeah. It wouldn't be me if I didn't throw that out. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I know. Gotta love it. I know. Gotta love it. And you gotta love the Canes getting back-to-back wins coming off of their holiday break. Yes. Andres Feshnikov, the hat trick. We'll get into that here in a little bit. NC State didn't quite have the end of the season that they wanted, though. They did not. It was a competitive game. Actually, because of my Canes work I was doing yesterday, I had to record the game and go back and watch it. But it was a competitive game. It was interesting to watch, yeah. Two-point game going into the fourth quarter. Two fake punts. I mean, what are we doing? Yeah, I I love the weirdness that we get in bowl season, by the way. I love because we had Kansas State ran a fake punt yesterday. NC State ran one of their own, got a touchdown off it. Trent Penix uh, off of that. I mean, we see blocked kits, onside kicks, like weird trick plays and stuff because, you know, it's bowl games. Like, (laughs) Yeah, why not? Who cares? Yeah. You know, it's like, all right. Throw it out there. See what happens. Why not? Yeah. Get weird. I just thought it was really funny. I did say on X or Twitter or whatever it's it's called today. I said, how do you let a team know, like, how do you get got by your own trickery? Right. And let another team fake punt you? (laughs) (laughs) Just good job, Francie State, for even trying. That was great. They got got by their own trickery. We'll, we'll get into the trick play and all that kind of stuff a little <laughs> bit later on. But let's go ahead and, and, and get things started. But by the way, before we... Okay, so let's go on. I just said it, so... We're just excited. We're excited. It's the last one of the By years. the way, coming up at one fifteen today, I'm going to fully dive in into the top sports stories of 2023 in the state of North Carolina. I'm going to give you my top five. There's some big things that happened in the state of North Carolina this year, collegiately, professionally. Stuff that involves the state of North Carolina. A lot of big things happen in the state of North Carolina. I'm going to give you my top five stories coming up a little bit later on in the show today at 1.15. So stick around for it. Stick around for it. But last night, because I was there, and this is the Adam Gold Show, I'm, I'm legally obligated to discuss the Carolina Hurricanes. That's fine. I have no problem talking to the Carolina Hurricanes, especially when they get 5-3 wins. Yeah, let's go. Now they're on a streak. Right? <laughs> We've got 10 goals in two games. It's like, oh, yes. okay, like let's go. Uh, Andre Sveshnikov, as you heard there in the open, he was awesome. He had a hat trick yesterday. Jesper Fost had two goals. Sebastian Ajo had four freaking assists. Let's go, Ajo. Four of them. What a Brett, team player. Brett Burns had three assists yesterday. Antti Ranta, back in net, he got sent down to the minors after he got put on waivers a couple of weeks ago. Cleared waivers. They send him down to the minors. Like, hey, work some stuff out. They bring him back up. He was okay yesterday. Was he great? No, he made a couple of really good saves yesterday. But overall, he was okay. And that's fine. That's all he needs to be is okay. Just be average. That's all the team needs you to be is just average. Don't need to go be a world beater. No one needs you to be like Henrik Lundqvist or Andre Vasilevsky or any of these other guys. Yeah, we're the current reformer. No one's asking to be Martin Brodeur out there. Just be okay, and that's fine. And he got back in the win column, which I'm sure felt good for him. And I know Rob Brendamore, the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, afterwards talked about, hey, Ronta, getting back in the win column. Well, I think just for him, just, you know, like we talked about before the game, um, you know, he didn't have a ton of work, but it was just good to get him back in here and get him hopefully feeling good about, uh, you know, the way things went. That's the key thing. 
it's all between the ears right now for Auntie Ranta. Yeah, it's all 100% between the ears for Ranta. And good for him. He makes a couple of good saves, a couple of timely ones. In the, in the second period alone, if I remember correctly, he had 13 saves in the second period alone. This is the second night of a back-to-back where Montreal, they've been rested. They haven't played since December 22nd. Yeah. They were in Carolina watching Carolina play on the road in Nashville, waiting for them to come in. So good on him on the second day of a back-to-back. Also, the third period was really strong for Carolina in a little bit. But before I get into that, I want to talk about the stars who have shown out. For the Carolina Hurricanes. Andrei Svechnikov. Many of y'all know he missed a big chunk of the season. Beginning of the season. Recovering from his ACL injury that he had uh, late last season. So he missed the early part of the year. Sluggish to start the year to say the least. Still trying to regain strength in the legs. Still trying to you know get a feel for the game. Game shape. All that kind of stuff. Then he has an upper body injury again. Misses about five games. Six games. Comes back strong. And Ranta, I'm sorry, by Svechnikov, in the five games since he returned from his upper body injury, in those five games, he has five goals, three assists. He scored goals in three of those five games. He has points in four of those five games, including, again, hat trick last night. His rating, plus minus rating, is a plus two. He's also helping out on the power play. Two goals and two assists on the power play. And he has two game-winning goals as well. Yeah. That's a big thing. The guy has two game-winning goals as well, including the last two nights. And speaking of that game-winning goal, or just kind of how he's actually been doing, Sveshnikov talked about how he's been feeling over the last couple weeks and if he's feeling like he's getting his stride back. Oh, it's a hard question, to be honest. Uh, I feel kind of uh, I'm doing the same thing, you know. I just uh, maybe just feel a little bit lighter, all that stuff, you know, hands, skating, uh, and uh, whatever you feel that. It's kind of a, you don't worry about anything. You know, you're going to make a good play, and uh, you're kind of hoping that. He's been playing awesome. And it's it's the trip Tracy said it during the broadcast on uh, Wednesday night against the Nashville Predators. He's looked like vintage power forward Andrei Svechnikov, the way he's getting into the offensive zone, causing chaos and forcing turnovers. I mean, just cause chaos and just use the, the team phrase. There you go. Hashtag. Didn't even mean it. See, that's the, the power of marketing. But he's getting into the offensive zone, forechecking, using his body to cause turnovers, and he's being rewarded for it as well. And he's obviously got a deadly shot, and he's showcased that over the last five games. But another dude that's been on a tear, Sebastian Ajo. Yes. This is the guy that the Carolina Hurricanes this offseason signed to a big-time eight-year extension. That's nearly $10 million per year that kicks in starting the 2024-2025 season. So this guy's locked up for a long time. This is not only is your present, but also your future, your franchise. Since a four-game point drought in Western Canada, that Western Canada trip where, you know, they lost four straight games and didn't play well. Well, he had zero points during like four of those games. In the last nine games since they got out of Western Canada, so this is starting against Ottawa a couple of weeks ago. Nine games. All right, so the last nine games for, for Ajo. Six goals, 11 assists. That's 17 points. That's insane. That's nearly two points per game. He has points in seven of those nine games. So it's not like he just you know racked up in the nine games like points in four of them. He's The, the scoring's been spread out. Also on the power play, three goals, six assists. He has a plus five rating. In the last two games alone, granted, the last two games alone, he has eight points 
But again, this is something that he's been on a tear for a while. The last nine games, he's been stellar. He had four assists. I know I said it already. He had four assists again yesterday. Robert Amore talks about the top guys got to be the top guys. Well, those two guys playing like that, those are top guys being top guys for you, right? But one thing that impressed me yesterday, but by the way, there's been contributions all throughout the lineup. Like the, the line of Jordan Stahl, Jordan Martinuk, and now Seth Jarvis, the, the trio playing together the last couple of games, they've played a lot of time in the offensive zone. They've got a lot of scoring chances that they've created. Jack Drury, Stefan Nason, those guys are playing the best hockey of their careers right now. Now, Jack Drury, a much younger player than Stefan Nason, but those guys are playing the best of their career so far. And they even actually had a goal taken off the board yesterday due to goalie interference. But those two guys alongside Jesper Foss the last two games have generated three goals. Three goals for the quote-unquote fourth line, air right. quotes. But Drury and Nason, those guys have been playing on a tear as of late. Love to see it. Yeah, absolutely do. But here's the thing that impressed me most about yesterday's game. Yeah, we can talk about Svetch's hat trick, Foss getting two goals, the four assists for Ajo, the three assists for Brent Burns, who's been on a tear lately as well. Carolina did not allow a shot on goal for the final 17 minutes and 10 seconds of the game. Yes. Like, hey, you want to – don't got to worry about goalie problems if the other team doesn't get a shot on goal. Exactly. You know? It's you not don't in our worry zone. About that. We don't have to worry. Rob Brennamore talked about the guys locking it down in front of Ronta in the third. Yeah, that's the story of the game, right? Like nothing was really going our way. It wasn't we? We had a great first period, and somehow you look up and it's two-two, and you're like, "What just happened?" And then, uh, you know, we're up going into the third and have a great shift going. Like it's, I'm thinking, okay, good, and we get a great one-time option coming down the pipe and you fan on it and break away, it's in your net and you're like, oh boy. And then we get two penalties on top of it that were kind of just, it just didn't feel like it was going to go our way. But I loved how the guys just killed those penalties. To your point, that might have been the only shot we gave up the whole period and, you know, stuck stuck with it and you know, got, got what we deserved, I think. Yeah, they got exactly what they deserved, a, a win, a 5-3 win. They're going to be on the road in Toronto. Now, the schedule's kind of light a little bit over the next week or so, so they're in Toronto this coming Saturday, and then they're on the road again on Tuesday next week against the New York Rangers. So they have a couple days off between games. Then they have two days off again, and then they're in Washington a week from today on the 5th, and then they have to come back to PNC Arena for a Saturday night game on the 8th. So a little bit of a lighter schedule, which – I'm, some, I'm assuming Piotr Krachekov's going to go in net tomorrow. And because of the two days off in between the game tomorrow and Tuesday, he can play him against the, the Rangers. Two days off again, he can play against the Washington Capitals on the second game of a back-to-back at home at PNC Arena. Then you can run Ronta again. Uh, and then there's a long stretch right after that where it's like four days off after that and a whole lot of home games coming up. Uh, starting okay. on Saturday the 6th of January, Six straight home games. Yes. I'm excited. Six straight home games, eight of nine at PNC Arena, which is phenomenal. Well, and it's also, me too. It's also, it's good for, I would say, their mental, if for no other reason. I'm sure it's tough. You're on the road. You've got to, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you've got to build up the momentum kind of yourself. But when you are at home, PNC Arena is on fire. Mm -hmm. We love our guys. So hopefully that will help them too. Keep the streak going. And they've been better at home this season than they've Mm -hmm. been on the road overall. Like, but. Maybe that's, maybe that's the thing that turns things around for them. Yeah. We'll see. Again, we've talked about consistency. They have to do it again. All right, you got to go against Toronto. 
the team that's fighting for points themselves in the standings. And Carolina, with their win yesterday, jumped up in the standings. Gosh, at the beginning of this week, they were ninth in the Eastern Conference. Yes. Now they're fifth. Look at that. So, go. hey, look at that. What a couple games can do for you. All right, let's transition from that over to the team that plays across the street from PNC Arena, NC State Wolfpack. Pop-Tarts Bowl yesterday against Kansas State. They lose this one 28-19. Again, I had to go back and watch this one because I was doing some work uh, at the Canes game yesterday at PNC. Honestly, it's a, f- a good game overall, but NC State just couldn't quite overcome the deficit. They got down early 7-0 on a, a, just a defensive lapse. I get Peyton Wilson, their star linebacker, wasn't playing yesterday. Honestly, if he had been out there, it would have made a difference. But you know what? It's bowl season. Everyone deals with it. You knew it going in. You just deal with it. You got to figure it out because Kansas State had a true freshman quarterback playing. Yeah. You got to deal with it. But the offense was mostly Casey Concepcion at wide receiver and Brennan Armstrong as a running quarterback. They had a chance to push for a, a tie or even take the lead late in the game. Brennan Armstrong ends up throwing an interception. Is the loss disappointing for NC State? Yeah. It's absolutely lost. It absolutely is. And actually, here's Dave Dorn uh, talking about like his analysis and his thoughts on the on the Pop-Tart Bowl and the game itself. Here's Dave Dorn sharing his thoughts on the game. Kansas State, uh, the kids played really hard, and they earned that win. Uh, it was a heck of a ball game. You know, I thought when we faked that punt, scored, gained all that momentum. And the way we had been playing prior to that next drive on defense in the second half, that we're going to win this game. So that didn't happen. They were four of four fifteen on third down, and I think all four conversions came in that drive. Maybe it's five because we had a passive defense um, call against us there too. And bottom line is we didn't finish and they did. And that's really what it came down to. That last drive um, we missed the field goal too. So obviously that had something to do with it. But it's a heck of a football game. And if you you gotta watch it. A game with two teams that played really hard. Uh, probably a fun game to watch with two fake punts and the kids played hard on both sidelines. And a uh, well coached game. There's only one turnover. Wasn't a lot of penalties. So it was a good football game. Unfortunately, we just didn't make enough plays to win it at the end. Uh, he sums it up perfectly. Fun football game. Mm-hmm. Just didn't make enough plays there at the end to get it. They got nope. down early. They were down double digits at halftime. They clawed their way back. So. Kansas State ran a fake punt themselves to extend a drive. The punter just took the ball straight up the middle because NC State was just set up for a return. So basically what you do as a special teamer in that situation, if you're set up for a return, you're like, all right, I'm going to block and shield my guy and just run with him downfield. And the punter just sees that and is like, all right, we're just going to go right up here in the middle since no one's really trying to tackle me or come after me. And he takes off and picks up 30 yards which extended a drive for Kansas State. So the NC State is like, oh, y'all want to run some fake punts, huh? Uh-huh. Well, I got one for you. We're taking notes. They did a direct snap to Trent Penix, who, by the way, I know he played like the H-back slash tight end and stuff for the last couple of years for NC State's offense. The dude was a running back in high school at Sanderson High School here in, uh, in Raleigh, where we're located. I, I called multiple of his games to him play-by-play, and he took the ball off the direct snap as the personal protector. Basically, just ran like an off-tackle play. It's all it was. And he just raced down the field. Ran by a couple of guys for Kansas State. Ran through, like, the kick returner as well. Scores a touchdown. Yep, straight makes, to the end zone. Makes it 21-19. NC State's like, hey, got a chance to tie things up here in the third quarter. Let's go for two. They fail to convert. Bunch of pressure on Brennan Armstrong. He ends up getting sacked. And then NC State just wasn't able to get that that next score. Again, like Dave Dorn said, they missed a field goal. 
They had the interception late from Armstrong, and Kansas State also got a touchdown late themselves in the fourth quarter. That's why we got that 28-19 score that we got. Here's Dave Doran talking about if he sees this game for NC State, maybe setting up how the momentum going into next year. So the way we finished the season definitely did. You know, not, I'm not talking about the bowl game, but five regular season wins. And I felt like a lot of things clicked. And um, formulas for winning, and guys understand what it takes. And some guys emerged in some positions. There's some good leadership that arose, uh, arose on the team. It's a hundred team. You know, I've disappointed a bunch of guys in that locker room right now. I think they'll be heavily motivated to finish. The work that we talked a lot about. And K State has doubled up their opponents in the fourth quarter this year. You know, they're scoring in, in that quarter. And so we knew that was the critical piece of the game. It's something we talked a lot about. Just didn't get it done. Uh, how does that play into the future? I'll tell you, with college football anymore, I think it's every season, it's anybody's season. Your, your teams are changing. We're going to have 50 plus new guys on our roster next year. And the guys coming back are going to be very driven. Um, but each year it's different than it's ever been in college football. You know, I don't think reloading, rebuilding, I mean, everything. It's a new puzzle. <laughs> it's a new puzzle every year. And so, you know, it's exciting and challenging and confusing and everything all at once. You know, when you think about that. And I think right now I just. I want to think about the kids in that locker room and take a few days to get away and get back to it. There is momentum going into next season for NC State. Now, was this loss disappointing for NC State? Absolutely. You had a chance for a 10-win season, and you didn't get it. Didn't get it. And just a lot of people say, well, it's, it's very NC State way to, like, hey, get a chance for 10 wins. You're going to get a true freshman quarterback, and – you just miss on a few plays. Some people say that's very NC State. You know what? Yeah. That's fine. You could say that. You could tell I, NC I, State was playing last night just from Twitter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. The season, the, the loss yesterday, last night in the Pop-Tarts Bowl, was it disappointing? Absolutely. But, again, like Dave Doran said, it doesn't change the fact how they ended their season. No. And the momentum that they took from their fi- winning five straight games to close out the regular season – all that momentum they took into this offseason with the transfer portal and recruiting and stuff. The loss yesterday doesn't change that either. So, yeah, it's a disappointing end because you didn't get the 10 wins, but that doesn't mean the momentum is stalled oh, or, there's, the, or they're going, you know, trending downhill. No, there is so much potential for next mm-hmm. year. People, NC State fans should really be excited for next year. I think they absolutely should. By the way, the real winner last night? Yeah. Pop-Tarts. I know. <laughs> Pop-Tarts. I know. So, for people that may, may not have seen the game or may not be following on social media, which is totally fine, the Pop-Tarts Bowl had like probably like the mascot of the year I know. <laughs> yesterday. Hey, I've even got his introduction here. Oh, give it to yes. me. Yes. The Pop-Tarts Bowl is brought to you by Pop-Tarts. You just saw the edible mascot. He came out of a toaster, a giant toaster, minutes before kickoff. Yes, he did. Exactly. He came out of a giant toaster. <laughs> Which, by the way, the trophy for the for the game yes. was a football that had, like, two toaster slots. It was fantastic. Like, Great, fantastic like, marketing. Just, and then even post-game where they had, like, the edible mascot on top of this big toaster. Yep. And he, like, descends into the toaster. Slowly and all of a sudden, in, like, like a real toaster. And then, so, then, like, and then, like an actual, like, <laughs> giant-sized Pop-Tart ends up coming out. So, like, the players oh, and the coaches are eating the Pop-Tart. I- it was and great. just the the online and social media stuff has just been 
going oh. like crazy. Yeah. But here's the thing. That's the point of, like, a bowl game. Like, for example, Clemson and Kentucky are playing each other right now in the Tax Slayer Bowl. Have fun making, yeah. like, fun content with that. Nope. Good luck. Yeah. But, like, Pop-Tart Bowl, Duke's Mayo Bowl, like, these the, the two Kellogg's. games we saw back-to-back. Yeah. Like, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, everyone's talking about, like, after the game was like, yeah, I mean, WVU won, but, man, like, the, the coach getting dumped with the mayo bath. Like, people like Matthew Barry, the play-by-play commentator, and Dan Mullen doing color commentary on ESPN were, like, trying the different, like, flavors on different stuff. Oh, like yeah. they And they're going full <laughs> North Carolina with it. They're oh, like, yes. like, they had Krispy Kreme donuts, <gasps> North Carolina. They're like, let's try this mayo with this just because they could. Wow. You know, so they were doing that kind of stuff. Did they have cheer wine, too? I hope so. Oh, they should have. And with a cookout tray and everything. <laughs> yeah. um, but if they did, but here's the point. That kind of stuff trends online, and that's what helps you as an advertiser. That's the reason why you get Pop-Tarts or Duke's Mayo sponsoring a bowl game is because of the content that it generates naturally from it. That's why Pop-Tarts, gosh, there's been so many fun just memes and videos and and GIFs all popping around on social media with Pop-Tarts. So many puns popping up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I had to do it. I I got nothing now. I got nothing. Are you going to toast me? Okay, I'm done. For real. No, the Pop-Tart, he stole the show because we're going we're gonna to be talking about this Pop-Tart now more than we will the actual the result of the game. It's fantastic. I want to be the Pop-Tart's best friend because he was he or she was super fun, too. Whomever that Whoever was the mascot <laughs> yesterday should get a, an, an award, a raise, and everything. All the things. All the Life things. Life supply of Pop-Tarts. I probably already got that. Yes. All right. Uh, before we actually get... Uh, before we actually... I've got one more thing I want to touch on here uh, as we get things started. Um, something that might, may not be as fun as Pop-Tarts, I don't know. But if you win, you might be able to buy a lot of Pop-Tarts because... Sports betting in the yeah. state of North Carolina, which we know was 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 passed by the uh, by the state of North Carolina earlier this year, the deadline has passed for operators to apply for mobile sports betting by the quote unquote go live date in the state of North Carolina. That deadline was actually a couple days ago on Wednesday, but we know seven sports betting operators that have applied. So FanDuel, that's what it's known as an operator, basically the sports book. FanDuel, BetMGM, DraftKings, Fanatics. Bet 365, Penn Sports Interactive, which is ESPN Bet. Uh, we also have Underdog Sports Wagering as well. So we know who the seven are. Then there's some deals that pro sports teams in the state of North Carolina have with some of these sports operators already. For example, the Hornets have a deal already with Bet365. The Carolina Hurricanes have a deal with Fanatics. PGA Tour already has a deal with FanDuel. Quail Hollow, uh, the golf course, has a deal with ESPN Bet. And there obviously can other things could change. Like, for example, the the NC Courage, Wake Med Soccer Park, if they wanted to do something there where it's with DraftKings, they could do these kinds of stuff. All right? So the committee, the commission now, the North Carolina Lottery Commission is the one that's in charge of sports gambling. They have 60 days to review, review the applications. And so betting's not going to be live by the time Super Bowl on February 11th, by the way. So they have 60 days to review this. So the commission, by the way, sports betting, mobile sports betting will launch at the latest June 15th because that's written in, into the law. But can you do it sooner? Right, please. Like, let's say let's say they go 60 days from December 27th. Let, I'll, I'll buffer a couple days. I'll just say January 1, right? 
Let's go 60 days. We're looking at beginning of March. Hey, why not that uh, have it ready to go the Friday, March 1st? Which yeah. Because the next day is, I don't know, State Carolina basketball game. Sounds like a good idea to me. I mean, two days after that, you have Duke NC State Yep. on the 4th. And by the way, March 9th, you have Duke Carolina. And then on March 12th, you have the ACC tournaments being played. Oh, then right after that, you have the NCAA (laughs) tournament. Like, get it done by March. I guarantee you, state of North Carolina, if you don't get it done by March, you are just simply leaving money out there on the table. Wasted opportunities. Leaving money out there on the table. Yeah. And I I guarantee you this as well is that the, the sports venues and the sports teams that have these deals or trying to work on these deals, they're not going to get any of the money from the operators until they have that go live date. Because we're not going like, to put money into something that just not going to generate any return. So anyway, lottery commission, March 1st, there's your deadline. You don't Make need, it happen. You don't need 60 days. You don't even need 60 minutes. Let's just make this happen. Come on. Let's go. Let's Come go. on. <laughs>